Hello, and welcome to the J. Margaret Weaver podcast. This is Kaylina Thomas, founder of J. Margaret Weaver and previously the host of the Savvy Young Professional podcast. Um, I've been focused on the launch of J. Margaret Weaver for the past year or so. Um, also had a baby, life has been crazy, and so I have not published a podcast episode in a long time. And I have really missed this platform. Um, I love interviewing really interesting um, colleagues, family, friends, people who um, have just have a tremendous amount of life and work experience. And I also um, love to read and know what's going on in the world and see all these different topics, particularly those from a professional development, a career, um, an impact on our life standpoint and sharing commentary and thoughts on that. And um, just enjoy listening to that as well uh, from other people. And um, I've just, I've just really missed this, this platform. I wanted to um, reinvigorate and restart um, sharing sharing my thoughts. Uh, I hope there's some of you out there that still enjoy this or want to listen to it um, and that you find it very relatable. Um, I think being able to actually share and dig a little deeper into what I'm thinking or what other people are thinking, hear their stories, um, hear kind of the background and the the why or the context behind does make people a lot more relatable. And um, I'm, I'm excited to share more of that myself. So this morning, I had the chance finally to read an article that I've been wanting to read from Monday's Wall Street Journal. Um, and it's a section, it was the, I think, C-suite strategy section was what it was called. And there's a number of really interesting articles in here, um, things about uh, Zoom fatigue and remote work and going back into the office. And they have a lot of um, stats from different surveys, um, some McKinsey and leanin.org studies that have been done and surveys that have been done lately, kind of getting the pulse on where people are in the workplace, what people are thinking, what businesses are thinking, um, what's going on in the U.S. as it relates to work and people and all the things that go into that. Um, and so there's, I've got a lot of comments um, and a lot of just different thoughts about few different articles. Today, I want to talk about one called Women, Men, and Deadlines. Um, this was a smaller one, but I thought it was very interesting and just kind of a nice bite-sized um article to get back into the swing of podcasting. So as background, um, here's what the article says, what it's about. It states that during the pandemic, working women completed an additional five hours a week of childcare and chores compared to men. Um, I think all the women, especially moms out there can probably relate to that. Uh, it just, at least in our house, um, that's just kind of how things seem to default. And as a result, 23% of women with children are considering leaving the workforce compared to 13% of employed men with children, uh, which I thought was very fascinating and maybe a little surprising, um, especially considering um, all the things going on in the economy right now. And so I, I think that those for both are really high percentages. I was not expecting double digits for either of them um, and find it interesting and, and um, concerning that so many people are considering leaving the workforce because of all of the the stress and challenges that are still happening today and something I think for employers to really pay attention to and for people to be paying attention to. Why is this happening? Um, what is your workforce thinking? How are people feeling? What are they experiencing? Um, so something just to, one to really highlight that. 
The article then goes on to say that one reason women are so stressed is that they tend to not ask for extensions on projects that may actually have flexible deadlines at work. And it goes on to say, well, why? That was my next question. Well, why Why would you not? Um, and I started thinking about this myself. Why might I not have at some point or do I even do this? Um, the study found that women are more concerned about appearing incompetent, burdening other people with their requests, as well as feelings of guilt if they ask for some sort of extension or flexibility um, compared to men. And then the article wraps up with three recommendations. The first is for leaders to let people know when a deadline is flexible, so that way they have that for context. The second is to reinforce that asking for an extension is not a sign of incompetence, but a sign of someone who really wants to do high quality work. And then the third is to institute a formal company policy to request project extensions. And so I think that having um, multiple ways of solving a problem or multiple ways of um, making your workforce more productive um, to alleviate unnecessary stress, all of that is really helpful, especially if you're trying to change culture. Um, it's very difficult to do that if you only um, you know, take kind of a, oh, we're just going to create a policy or we're just going to tell leaders to, you know, do this new thing and let people know a deadline's flexible. I think habits are hard to change. And so trying to remember that while it is great in theory, I think in practice, that is a little longer to get going because that's not always going to be something that's top of mind for someone to think, is this deadline flexible? Have I communicated this to everyone? What's my checklist? Am I going to remember this? When people have so much on their minds, it's a nice company policies too. It's easy to just forget about them. They go out, they get a lot of attention right at first or a lot of questions. And then six months later, your workforce, if you've got five to 10% turnover, like many companies, you have a lot of new people who don't know about it. People have left and things start to just get lost. And so one of the, the things that as we think about what really is going to impact culture change the fastest and maybe the most effectively and the most efficiently, while it can also be a little uncomfortable because it has to do with behavior changes that we each need to make. Um, I think that when it comes to enacting that change, it best starts with the individual. That's not to say it's the only thing. That's not to say it's necessarily the right thing that, you know, the um, oh, should someone else change their behavior and tell me that this is flexible? That might be nice. That might be ideal. Um, but unfortunately, we do not live in a perfect world. And so what is a way that we can um, also alleviate some of the stress and take some of that responsibility on ourselves? And so I think, again, just in my opinion um, and in my experience, that women can be most successful if they focus on how they approach deadlines and requesting more time and what that approach, the story, the logic, um, the way that they are managing up and prioritizing their work that that could be the most effective. And that's, again, not to let other people off the hook, not to abscondate personal responsibility, but to say that this, you know, the person who cares most about you is you. And the person who cares most about your amount of work and your priorities and the th managing your work and managing your deadlines, that's going to be top of mind for you the most. And so 
building on your communication skills, logical reasoning, negotiation, and persuasion um, when asking for a deadline extension or trying to shift the scope of something, especially if you see that um, maybe it's not the best approach, maybe it's not the right approach, maybe it's not the most straightforward approach, or it's not answering the right question, that that those are transferable skills that can be used in a lot of other situations that will make women more successful in not only asking for maybe a deadline extension, but in negotiating a contract or a business deal or in a promotion or interviewing. These are all great skills and important skills to learn and can only benefit you as well. So in addition to benefiting from the deadline piece of it, you can also benefit in other ways. So with that, then I had a a recent example as I was thinking about this that came to mind um, that just for me really highlighted how important this is. Uh, I was asked for um, what seemed to be a real, to answer a really simple question. You know, can you go find this metric or some sort of information that would relate to this kind of a benchmark, send it to me. And I'm thinking this is probably a 15 to 30 minute question. I'll do a little searching. Um, I thought I actually might have some information from business school. I keep all my old business school books in my office uh, closet. I know I'm a huge nerd, but I tend to go back from them to them from time to time because there's a ton of case studies and really good articles and books um, that have stood the test of time. And so I tend to go back to them and I thought I actually knew where something might be that would be very helpful in answering this question. And um, what seemed like an initial, initially simple question to answer was ended up being very complicated. It ended up... Um, being something that either people wanted to sell me a whole bunch of consulting or financial models or projections or something like that, or it was specific to a company and a case study, and there wasn't a good way to extrapolate it into a completely different situation, different industry, different product offering. It just didn't make sense. And what I thought was a 15 to 30 minute exercise that would be wrapped up in a couple of days, um, I found was taking me far longer. And you know, while there wasn't a hard and fast, hey, here's the deadline. It also, again, from, hey, this seems like something pretty simple. I wanted to turn the question and the answer around quickly. And because of that, because I was just really not getting where I needed to go quickly, I decided to take a step back. I had first said, maybe I could kind of piece some things together. And as I started to do that, I realized this is going to be hours of work to do this. So let me stop. And first make sure I'm on the right track and say, here's the actual question that I think needs to be answered. I think the the original question was close, but it maybe wasn't phrased or it was worded in a way that was kind of going down one path. And I think that to get to the objective and the story the person wanted to tell and the point they wanted to make, there was a different way to go about it. And so I stopped and compiled a short, um, but relatively detailed email that said, here's what I got you get kind of even like making light of it. Like this seemed really simple. It unfortunately wasn't. Um, and here's, you know, here's what I was seeing as far as someone wanting to sell me the answer. And here is, um, here's the question as I think of rewording it. Here's some options for how this could be answered and here's how much time I think it would take. And then if we really wanted to get very scientific about this, we could go back and do X, Y, and Z and that would take a lot longer. 
and said, you know, unless you feel otherwise, I'm going to pursue the first two items that are a little bit quicker. They're going to be a little bit more of like a, a put your thumb in the wind and like kind of gauge and benchmark it. Um, and then if we decide we need to go with more detail, we can do that. And I realize this is one situation. This is, could be an outlier. This is one data point of millions of data points that are out there. So that's not to say that every situation is going to be this easy. But as I thought about the story, again, it was using the logical reasoning. You know, How do you communicate to someone who doesn't have a lot of time and make something that seems could be complicated, could take a lot to explain. How do you try to make that as simple and straightforward and easy for them to read as possible? How do you structure your email that way? Um, How do you um, just have the right balance of um, something that is recognizing, hey, yes, I realize that this should be simple. Here's what I ran into. Here's the challenge, but I'm still solving it in a different way. And I got a very favorable response back. And so um, I've seen, and not this is not just for me, I've seen a lot of other people do this where you know, initially the request has been X, Y, and Z, and it seems um, aggressive or impossible or um, very overwhelming. And as more information is gathered, then what can happen is if you can. I've seen people very successful in going back to the person and saying, here's all of the information we have. Here's the context. Here's, we want to do this right. And we think it's going to take two weeks longer, four weeks longer, a month longer. Um, And I have probably 99% of the time um, that is met very favorably. I think oftentimes when a request is made, um, the person is not always thinking about how much detail or time is going to go into something, or they don't know kind of the messiness behind it. It seems like it's very straightforward. They put out an arbitrary deadline because it sounds really good. Some things aren't, some things are not arbitrary, but there are some things that you know, really have a lot of flexibility to them and um, asking you, is that a hard and fast deadline? What's your reason for having that date? Um, Getting that information up front can be really helpful. um, So you know kind of how much latitude do you have to work with even at the beginning? And then being able to very clearly and quickly articulate, here's some of the challenges, but we still have a solution. So not bringing problems, but bringing solutions and um, doing that in a way that is getting to, answer and solve the heart of what the person is looking for you to do, um, I've seen in many cases to be very successful. So um, I will caveat, I know every workplace and person's different. I know every culture and leader and the ways that they lead and the ways they behave are all different. So this may or may not work. You may be in a very toxic environment where no one's going to listen to reason. They're not going to listen to that story or explanation or communication. I would encourage you to keep trying, encourage you to keep working on those skills um, from a logical reasoning, a just managing the storytelling and the conciseness of that, the clarity of that. Um, I had an English teacher who's very impactful on me in high school and was so um, really just harped on, you know, clear, concise, terse writing um, and how to make your point. And so I think those are all things, regardless of where you work, regardless of where your career takes you later, 
those can be very helpful to you. And um, you, it may be time if you find yourself in that toxic of a work environment that you maybe you are looking for something else. I hope that's not the case. I hope that this is something that um, using these skills, you are able to more successfully navigate when there are instances where you are very stressed. And I've seen this for people, especially over the past couple of years with COVID and balancing home life and work life and all the kind of blurred boundaries that we all have. It is not easy. Um, but I have seen it done very effectively, even with people who, um, maybe someone making a request who is very opinionated or is very set on something in particular, um, hearing a logical, compelling story, especially from someone that they trust, um, goes a long way. And I think it can be very uncomfortable for people, um, to put themselves out there or to put an expectation out there or feel like they're asking for something, but, when we do that and when we can set our expectations and better meet those and produce the high quality, um, high expectation, high level of work that someone's looking for, not just, oh, you answer the question that I asked, but you really thought through this and you're giving me the information I need, not just what I asked for. Um, I think not only does that make the organization more successful and make that particular project and you more successful, but it can really go a long way to building trust between you and the person you're working with. So, you know, you are thinking about what do they want? You're focusing on them as a customer. How are you best supporting them? How are you getting them the information, the answers, and doing it in a timely way and in a way that you know, it's meeting the deadline they're expecting. Um, that goes a long way in just really solidifying trust and building a relationship with them that over time is going to get better and better. And as you have that kind of trust built up, when you need to ask for something or there's a deadline that is just not working, or you're seeing that something is just not reasonable or not going to happen, or you've got a personal issue you need to ask um, an extension for, for example, maybe there's someone in your family who's sick or there's just a personal issue. I think that having that trust built up can go a long way in making um, those situations go much better and just be a lot easier um, to manage and to navigate as well. So again, not always, not always easy, not always possible. I know every situation is different, but I hope this gives you some good tips and some actionable steps you can take if you find yourself in this type of situation. So what do you think? Do you find this to be a challenge? Is this something that you face? Have you never faced it? Um, am I missing something that you would add in here, whether it's a tactic or have I completely missed uh, my analysis of this? And I, I'm just, you know, my experience has not lended itself to um, maybe other situations where people have found themselves in. And um, I, I'm totally missing a, a huge piece of this. I'd love to hear from you. Um, you can find me on social media at j.margaretweaver um, or email me hello at jmargaretweaver.com. I'd love to talk to you. Thanks so much.